Welcome everyone to a new episode of Real and Raw, Your Story is Your Medicine. And I'm so happy because today I have my dear sister Jacqueline here live with me. And um, yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Jacqueline is a very, very dear, dear sister of mine. And um, she's such a wise woman truly connected to her body to her womb and yeah it's an honor to have you here and hear your story hear your wisdom and um yeah thank you I'm so excited to be here <laughs> and I'm so glad we're doing it in person mm. in your beautiful yurt I have spent so many magical moments in this place and it feels really fitting that we are here to record this podcast mm, totally so beautiful yeah oh, and it's so nice like we've been wanting to record this podcast like in forever like for mm -hmm. over a year like actually mm -hmm. when you the first time you you sent you you reached out to me on Instagram and yeah we were speaking about the podcast and we're like oh yeah we should definitely do a, an episode together and well here we are a year later exactly <laughs> but it's perfect the timing is perfect yeah. it's like I think it all like riped perfectly and mm. yeah it's divine timing and um yeah so we're also we're gonna go into a, quite a deep beautiful profound topic we're gonna talk about the mother wound and um yeah but before we actually go deeper into that topic into all the juiciness and but also yeah yeah anyways <laughs> the word didn't come so yeah <laughs> so yeah i really want to like yeah Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? And a little bit about your life, your maybe also your rites of passages, anything that you wish to share. So I am a maiden, um, which is something I identify with um, from being in the blood mystery school, <laughs> um, which is a beautiful container that I participated in last year um led by Nancy and Kristen and so if we think of a woman we can think of four main phases in her life the first one is maidenhood um then comes the motherhood and mother um and then we've got yeah a phase that you can name lots of different things because she's often the for forgotten archetype so the third one is like the witch archetype, the um, alchemist, the, um, I'm forgetting the other words. There's so many, Maga, there's so many words for mm -hmm. her. <clears throat> and then final one is the crone. Mm -hmm. So that's like, um, really the old wise woman. So I'm a maiden because I'm not yet a mother in this life. And um, so it's important to acknowledge that I'm talking about this topic of the mother wound from two different perspectives. The first perspective is as a daughter, um, but the second perspective is as a woman. And these two perspectives are really different because um, in my understanding, as a woman, 
the imprint of motherhood and the meaning of what it means to be a mother is already innate. There, it feels like these codes that are encrypted in all of my cells, like writing on walls that just haven't been read yet because I haven't gone through that rite of passage of motherhood. So I can't know what it feels like mm -hmm. to be a mother, but I know that I inherently am also as a woman, um, mm -hmm. I can speak to this topic differently. So those are the two perspectives I want to bring in. Um, and a bit more about myself. I live here in Switzerland, which is why we're doing this in person. Um, and I had a childhood where I moved around a lot. So I was born in the US. I grew up here. I then spent four years in England. Um, and yes, yeah, so since um, almost about a year, I quit my corporate job and have really been focusing on doing a lot of healing and giving myself the time and space to, yeah, uncover, I think, all of the treasures that I hid away for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I went through a really, really big initiation about a year ago, um, which was just a huge catalyst for a lot of transformation in my life. And the Blood Mystery School was kind of the container that held me during all of those big, big transformations. Um, and indirectly, that's also why we know each other, because the Blood Mystery School is one of um, the containers that the Free Birth Society offers, and you obviously as a radical birth keeper. Um, we're also in a container by Free Birth Society. So that also links us beautifully. Mm -hmm. Ooh, wow. I'm already super moved and touched. <laughs> Thank you so much for 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 that beautiful introduction and ah oh, well I mean if you just listened already just to the introduction this is exactly what I talk about like and that's why I really wanted to invite you because like and I know you you're so young and like there's already so much wisdom and um and what I really like love is that because you you you're really doing that work right it's like not just something that you you know just heard or something no it's like you have gone through that and you're like constantly like obviously like we all do like we're going through those processes but like really doing the work right and like so there's yeah. so much wisdom there and um so yeah thank you so much for sharing that and oh my god I was actually thinking oh that would be such another such a good other podcast just to talk about all these archetypes <laughs> yeah I'd love to do that mm. um we could definitely get into that but I just um wanted to briefly touch on that and yeah. and yeah you're right I mean I am very young so for any listeners I'm 24 mm. um but really this this journey um and this awareness of the mother wound I think has been has always been with me and it's always been there um but really more intensely confronting it um has already been a process of over a decade mm. so um I was very very young when I realized there were things happening in my family system that um weren't benefiting me and um the first big step that I took which I think for a lot of people is unimaginable but <laughs> for me at the time was the only way forward when I was 13 I decided to go to England and I went to boarding school for four years um and and that was the first big decision I made to step 
outside of my family system mm. and start to discover who it was that I was. Um, <clears throat> and, and then a year later, actually the second big um, decision came whereby I decided to completely cut off all contact with my mother. Mm. So I was 14 and I decided that it was just too much. And I didn't know at the time how long it would take me to, yeah, to heal what I needed to heal and, and to discover what I needed to discover before I was able to really step back into contact with my mother. In the end, it was, I think, almost five years. Um, and, or maybe, yeah, four and a half years where we really didn't see or speak to each other at all. Um, and I think... Yeah, hearing that, it sounds like a really extreme decision to have made, and it definitely was. Um, and and I honestly, looking back, can't really comprehend where I got the strength and conviction from, but it was just there, and it was really clear. And And we've been able to, so my mother and I have been able to look back on that experience and talk about it and understand that it was really intense for the both of us um, but ultimately it was what we both needed. And I think one of the the elements that I'd like to bring into this discussion, because I, I don't really see many people talking about the mother wound. Um, I think another really common topic that we talk about or hear about nowadays is the sister wound. Right. And mm -hmm. the sister wound is really closely related to the mother wound in my understanding, because the way that you relate to your mother and the way that you watch your mother relate to other women mm. is that first impression and imprint that you get on how to relate to other women. Mm. Yeah. So. And, and, and in that inherently, I think, yeah, the mother wound and the sister wound are very, very related. And the things that have come that we've come to understand that damage the sister wound um, also damage the mother wound right mm -hmm. and it's all about um, the fact that most women are extremely cut off from their innate power mm -hmm. are completely dissociated and connected from disconnected from their bodies and and are just basically malnourished on all mm -hmm. levels right mm -hmm. and this is a topic that um yeah, that really feeds into my experience because I too had a mother who was severely under-resourced. And yeah, and I think looking back, I now have so much grace and so many different perspectives. Um, but definitely the one thing that, that yeah, I, I wish for myself and for my mother looking back is just that there would have been more resources, that there mm. would have been more connection, more support, more understanding that motherhood is an incredibly, incredibly um, resource intense thing to do. Mm. Um, I think it's the most resource right. intense thing that you'll ever do. And um yeah, and today, luckily, we have the understanding that, you know, it takes a village and and that sisters are supposed to support each other and mothers are supposed to support each other and that rest is a huge part of what is needed during motherhood and postpartum and all of that. But I think, um, yeah, 20 odd years ago, 
um unfortunately the idea was just that yeah you could be a mom you could you could be a working woman you could do everything at the same time and um looking back I, I really wish um I wish my mom would have had more support right yeah yeah and I think well that is like that is the thing also I mean and I want to ask you then if you can then afterwards briefly you know maybe share like from your own like in your own words like what is actually the mother wound right and before we get into that I just want to say like that's the thing also right because before you know we we can now we cannot blame them either right because it's like they didn't have the resources either right and it's like oh wow just understand like okay the damage is or like what has been done right mm -hmm. and like going from there but um but yeah so if you could just explain in your own words maybe what is actually the mother wound you know maybe for listeners who were completely new to to this topic how would you like bring it into like in a nutshell what would what would that be that's a really good question I don't think I've ever even read a definition of what the mother wound mm -hmm. is um I think I've just spoken to it um, naturally, if I had to define it today, um, if we if we imagine the connection between mother and baby, um, for a really long time in our lives, that's the primary bond that sustains our life. That has, first of all, given us life and then continues to sustain our life so that we can... Um, thrive, grow up, survive, become adults and move around in this world. And the mother wound, in my opinion, um, encompasses anything that damaged that innate, um, deep, deep intimacy that is present between the mother and the child. And when there is a rupture in that bond and in that relationship, it cuts deep because mm. it cuts to the core of our existence. Mm. So the mother wound for me is, is like the wound of all wounds. It's like the primary wound. Mm. And, and it is, yeah, it, it, it is just, um, it'll affect everything else in your life going forward. And, and it really, in terms of what could happen, it could be anything that, as I said, sort of cuts that intimacy. So really looking at the world that we live in, pretty much everyone has this mother wound, this, mm. this primary wound, because mm. it, yeah, I mean, it can start basically during childbirth in experiences such as, you know, cesareans or even just having a really, really difficult um, birth, being separated from your mother really mm. quickly after birth. Mm. Um, so those can sort of be the more obvious things. Um, but then after that, and once you're sort of, you know, an infant and and then a young child, it's it's anything that destabilizes you as a child. And if we think of the child's physical state, um, depending on the age, but for a long time, you're completely dependent on your mother to survive. Mm -hmm. Initially, you might be breastfeeding, but even if you're not being breastfed, um, you need that primary caregiver to survive, right? And 
And at the same time, the other thing that's happening is that your nervous system and your mother's nervous system are co-regulating. So that basically means that whatever emotional state that your mother is in, that her nervous system, like whatever state her nervous system is in, is the state that your nervous system as the child is in. Mm. And what definitely was the case for me is that my mother was in a state of of an existential crisis. Mm. She was just barely holding on and surviving. And and that meant that my nervous system sort of learned that this state of like, I could die any minute and I'm like in a trauma response and it's a, that's a freeze response or a fight response or whatever it is, but it's a state of like, I'm barely keeping it together um, is, is what I was immersed in and what I think a lot of people were immersed in. And then obviously there's so, so many different other factors that can happen. And, um, and so I think when we look at the mother wound, a great place to start is actually really your birth story and understanding mm. what was your birth story like. Mm. And for me, a huge part of my birth story was the fact that I had um, a really severe kidney issue. So um, one of my kidneys was not functioning at all. And this was diagnosed when I was in my mother's belly using ultrasound. Um, and so a huge part of my birth was that it was highly monitored and that both my mother and I were highly monitored. And as soon as I was born, I was whisked away and loads of tests were done on me and all of that kind of thing. And there was a lot of fear around um, around this health issue that I had. Mm -hmm. And um, and then at the same time, my brother was really young still as well, and he had a lot of health issues. So I think the feeling I get if I feel back into that young young version of myself the overwhelming feeling that I get is like there's just not enough for me there's not enough space for me there aren't mm. enough resources for me mm. um and and obviously none of this um was intended that way but that's just the way that um that it ended up being mm. and the the feeling overwhelmingly that I got and um yeah so I think looking at your your birth story is a really important place mm. to start to understand yeah where it all came from right and I think like we yeah like it's so beautiful that you just bring it up because I think how many of us are actually aware or know about our own birth story right mm -hmm. it's so true like mm -hmm. we don't know we don't talk about these things so wow yeah thank you for bringing this up and mm -hmm. it's, it's true it's super important yeah so if you don't know about your birth story go ask your mom if you can if she's around, if you are in touch with her, um, obviously my heart goes out to you if that isn't the case and you can't find out about that. I still believe you can um, go back and reclaim and heal a lot of things, even right. if your mother isn't alive anymore or um, isn't around um, in that way. Yeah, totally, because you can access it in, in your body. You can right. access it in yeah. your body. And yeah. I think that's the next really big key to this whole topic um for me is really accessing things in my body so I then grew up and through a lot of other different experiences that that I won't go into now but basically ended up being a very very dissociated child mm -hmm. which in my understanding and in 
in my lived experience just means that I was completely cut off from my body. Mm. And, and I remember the first few times I came into contact with yoga and, and more sort of spiritual practices. And people kept saying like, feel into your body and notice if there's like a place where you can feel a tingling or a bit of heat or, you know, all of these like body scans and body awareness exercises. And for years, I didn't feel anything. Mm. Absolutely nothing. And I remember um, a really intense moment where I broke down and cried because I just felt like my entire body felt dead. Mm. I could feel so much death and and just this this toxicity and this it just felt like my whole body had been poisoned and mm. and and killed and I had no way of accessing that and so a huge part of my journey um to get to the point where I am today and and to have been able to have healed what I've healed with my mother is this process of truly incarnating mm. um remembering myself as in physically remembering myself bringing my body together bringing my soul into my body and um and gaining access to my body and a huge part of that is is safety right so we can only come back into our body when when we feel safe to do so and so if you're sitting there thinking gosh I just can't access anything or I can't feel anything um I think it's so important to be graceful with yourself mm -hmm. and realize that um that your body's trying to protect you from really painful experiences and and the fact that you're not being you're not able to access them is because your body doesn't feel safe enough to you mm -hmm. so right. that is a huge huge part and I think um yeah, cutting off all contact with my mother initially was really, really difficult, of course. Um, but in the long term, it helped me create enough independence and then enough safety independently mm. to be able to then come back into contact with her. But obviously, that was a really, really long journey mm -hmm. and, um, and has changed a lot um, over the past few years as well. Wow. Mm yeah that's that's incredible also like to actually just think I mean I just think back like when I was 13 like how on earth were you able to do that like how did you even like well you said before it was just like a deep knowing but like still I feel like it's so I don't even want to say courageous because that's the thing like if it's something if you know something it's just you just got to do it but still right it's like how did you like find the 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 strength or like to make that decision because because we are also in a way like you know because you we are dependent mm -hmm. especially on our mother and like even if we know like maybe something is off like something needs to be like really off so you do get to decide like oh I'm actually better off mm -hmm. you know like cutting all contact mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many different factors and, and actually it was, I had quite an intense moment when I was listening to Diana's podcast that she did with you and she beautifully described that. And I'd never heard anyone describe it that way. And, and I think it, it, it's definitely true for myself that, um, 
that she was a really unhappy child, um, but it was masked perfectly. Mm. And, and one of the aspects that masked it was her intelligence, her um, academic performance. And that was definitely the case too for me. I think I, I was a deeply unhappy child. Um, I felt extremely lost and and yet and I've always been that way I'm a I'm a very high functioning human being and that's something that someone recently described me as an old friend of mine and I was like okay that actually that does hit the nail on the head I'm 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 high functioning in the sense that no one really saw how badly I was doing because in all of the traditional senses, I was doing well. I did well in school. Um, you know, I was I was involved in music. I had, you know, things going on. And so no one really thought to to second guess it or or to question it. And when I was 11, my parents separated and then later um, you know, got divorced. And and that that process was also very difficult for me. And um and ultimately, yes, I then realized, okay, I need, I just need to get out of this system. I need to, I just need to be anywhere else. And um, and luckily, yeah, the the format of boarding school enabled that for me, and um, and and then enabled me then you know gaining that independence of really then being really far away from your parents really far away from your family completely alone um I was able to then experience things that reinforce that strength for me right and I remember vividly and I've heard people recently talk about this as like an official technique and, and practice you can use but back in when this happened to me, I just naturally did this. Um, but it's a beautiful moment. I remember the first time I was on um, the National Express bus, which is just a, a bus line in, in the UK that took me from Heathrow Airport to um, to where my school was. And I remember sitting on that bus thinking, wait, what have I done? Hold, wait, wait, can I just like, hold up, hold up, hold up can we go back? Like, is this just a dream? Can I just go home? And then I had this voice and I had all this, you know, this panic and these emotions coming up, like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, what if I don't make any friends? Like, like the, the next possibility of me going home is like weeks away. Um, just, just this, yeah, this panic and this fear came over me, which hadn't come up at all until then. And then suddenly this other part of me took over and was like, calm down. And I just imagined myself in six months. And I started talking to myself internally and saying to myself, but imagine like in six months, you'll be sitting in this exact same bus and you'll be so excited to see all your friends and you'll be so excited to be able to go back and, and sing and you'll be so excited to be able to do this and you'll be excited for this particular food or this particular class or this topic or this teacher or whatever. And, and I just, yeah, I really put myself in that position and I imagined the joy and the excitement that I would feel being able to come back to this place and wanting and longing to come back to this place. And it completely calmed me. 
and of course I was still really nervous but um but it gave me a lot of strength and then as time progressed obviously I then realized oh wow I can do this and I made a bunch of friends and I integrated really quickly and and I am a bit of a chameleon and because I had moved around a lot previously I was accustomed to being thrown into completely new social situations so um I was used to that element of it having to completely rebuild a new friendship mm -hmm. group because I had moved so many times already um and and yeah and then it just reinforced that and reinforced that and and then being away was really helpful to be able to understand okay how do I feel when I'm away from my family mm -hmm. and how do I feel when I'm with my family and and then in the first year that I was in England it got to a point where it was like the strings just snapped and I realized okay this isn't working anymore like I cannot put myself back in that situation anymore and I could just feel how I had put myself in this box to fit into my family unit mm -hmm. and I just didn't fit in that box anymore mm -hmm. I I tried to squeeze myself in it and I was like okay this is not working anymore and that's when I realized okay I need to um I really need to take a step back um and figure things out for myself and um yeah wow and, and how and where did you get go from there so I moved in with my dad and then I lived with my dad that was when you were already back yeah well so I mean I kept going back and forth from England okay. right so obviously like it's boarding school but you still have holidays so you you go back to your family and holidays and da, 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 and and that's when I really had those those feelings of like okay this isn't working right. anymore um and um and then I I moved in with my dad um and so I would spend holidays with him and then I'd be in England the rest of the time mm -hmm. and um yeah and I think overwhelmingly and I mean looking back and and seeing who I am now I still think gosh I was so lost on so many levels still during that time um but it's but it's it's unfair to compare myself um to who I am now mm -hmm. and I think for for the person I was back then I have so much love and respect for the younger versions mm -hmm. of myself mm -hmm. um and and I just think yeah it, it all really worked out the way it was supposed to and and yes it was really difficult decision to make and I felt extremely guilty for not talking to my mother for um you know for the impact it had on my brother as well um and I I struggled with that a lot these overwhelming feelings of guilt that I've just done the worst thing that anyone could ever do to another human being mm. um and that I've just yeah subjected my family to so much pain but ultimately um I know now it was what we all needed and it was definitely what I needed mm. and um and it's it's become a recurring thread and and it's it's evolved over time but I think there's a part of my soul and my being that has always um been good at this and then the rest of myself that has sort of been deeply conditioned and you know exposed to all sorts of other stuff um often forgot about that but luckily I always had that part that kept stepping in when it needed to mm. of of what it really means to take care of yourself and to prioritize yourself and and I've learned what this means in a completely new way now in the past um year 
but I truly believe that the greatest service um, that we can provide is to take extremely good care of ourselves. And it's mm. really hard to do, right? but um, it changes everything. It really, really changes everything. Totally does, wow. Mm. And how was it then when you like when you started to get back in contact with your mother? Like how did that feel? Was it your decision? And mm. how did that go? It was it was an interesting process, actually. Um and it, it almost sounds silly to say, but we actually bumped into each other. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we had a moment where, um, we literally bumped into each other in Zurich. Mm. Um, and, and I think a part of me was like ready mm. to step back into contact with her. It was really difficult for me in that moment. And I'm sure it must've been really difficult for her as well. I can't imagine what she must've been feeling. Right. Cause how long have you seen each other more than 40 years oh wow mm -hmm. so um yeah so I think after that um we slowly got back in touch and um and it was a difficult process at first and it was it was weird because it was like we had to get to know each other again mm -hmm. because I had changed so much during that time. And also she had changed so much that we really had to completely get to know each other in a new way. And at the same time, there were still a lot of things that I hadn't healed enough. Um, and so I think for a while there, we just both realized that we wanted to be a part of each other's mm -hmm. lives in the best way we knew how. And for a long time, it was messy and it wasn't great. And it might've been, you know, superficial or we might've felt really awkward around each other um, or, or not have known what to say to each other or how to, to handle the situation. But I think on some level, there was this mutual understanding that we wanted to make a relationship work somehow. Um, but initially the resources weren't quite there yet to really make it what it is today. Um, and but we both continued to work on ourselves and work through things that came up and um and and eventually um i think we we found a place in each other's lives again and then last year um i think when i went through all of the deep deep transformation that i did um i then realized oh i can now meet my mother in a very very new way mm -hmm. and and I think that's something I'd, I'd love to talk about a little yes. bit more because um what I've seen a lot and what I've heard a lot is that you know people on a spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it will at some point rupture with their family or rupture with their roots they might move away for a while they might go and do something <laughs> um you moved away <laughs> um and yeah, part of that is really natural mm -hmm. like there is a, 
a completely healthy and natural detachment that needs to occur from your family in order for you to become your own fully your own um, developed adult being, yeah. right? So, so, so there's an element to that that's completely healthy. Um, and a lot of people who come from, you know, dysfunctional families um, might have to rupture more severely than others, right? So just going to university and moving out might not be um, big enough. It might be like, you know, moving away or, or whatever it might be. But what I don't see a lot of people speak about is, is that coming back together and just how challenging that is mm -hmm. and how complex it is to, to change in lots of different ways and then be thrown back into your family system. Yeah. It's wild. Mm -hmm. It's really, really wild. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, yeah. I just want to put in like, cause it's like, I always say this quote because it's like, it, and I love, I want to like, yeah, just keep going with that topic. Cause I think, yeah, it's so important, but I like to put this quote in from Ram Das. Like whenever you think you're enlightened, go back and live with your family. <laughs> like that quote has been accompanying me for the last two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> like very, very, very dearly. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 very true and and it it really is um it is then enlightening that's the actual enlightening moment when you go back to your family and you realize <laughs> oh i'm not enlightened <laughs> oh shit oh shit um yeah but it's so potent um so there's so many things that i could speak to in that um and it's so 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 layered um but I think to to put it into context and to ground it, I want to come back to to this understanding of the nervous system and this co-regulation, because I think this is really yeah. fundamental to to these dynamics. So in my lived experience and in my understanding, um, the family dynamic is like this nervous system state, and it's like this um yeah, it's like the system that is built. And in the system, there are rules and people have roles. And it's it's usually quite stagnant. It's usually like, oh, I'm stuck in this one role. Mm. And, and no matter what your family dynamic is, if you're the youngest child, the oldest child, the middle child, the wild child, the black sheep, the whatever you are, you're probably in some sort of role and and often to me going back into a spending time with my family it almost feels like I'm playing a play like I'm playing mm -hmm. a piece of, of of like a theater piece that I've watched a million times I know it off by heart and I'm but I have this out-of-body experience where I'm just watching myself behave and I'm thinking mm -hmm. That's not the enlightened girl who went to Bali or wherever. <laughs> Her instead, like, why isn't she here right now? And and I think I think the reason for that is that, and again, I mean, this is not scientific, but it's my lived experience, is that when we come into proximity with our families, it's like this puzzle piece and our nervous system just clicks back in. Mm. And it's like, you're in. You're locked in this position your your body is in the state that it was in when you were six or 12 or however old you were. And, and this 
crazy, intensely anchored and replayed and replayed and replayed system just takes over. Mm. And I had a really groundbreaking moment with my mother when I was talking to her and we had a bit of a difficult conversation and she got too close to me. Like she just physically got too close to me. And I had this overwhelming feeling of like something was pushing me back. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take three big steps backwards. And I could feel my body click out. Ooh. Like I felt viscerally, oh, I've unclicked. I've unclicked. I'm out of this system. I'm having goosebumps right now. It's yeah. so and, and so whatever that looks like for you, mm. for me, it was really realizing that I had cultivated um, enough safety and stability in my body and my nervous system that I could feel those differences and also that I was able to hold myself when I clicked out. So I clicked out and I was like, okay, now I'm in my space. And then the first important thing was to tell my mother to not move closer to me because otherwise she would like click me back in immediately. <laughs> wow. Um, and so I asked her, can you please stay where you are? Um, and I realized that all of a sudden I had access to parts of me that I hadn't had access to earlier. And I had words and I had feelings and I had just resources I didn't have before because I was not in that like entrapped enmeshed mm. system. And so the focus for me then became, okay, how can I keep cultivating stability in my nervous system and be able to be in my mother's presence or my family's presence but not have to, with my physical body, enter that system. Mm. And, and that's really where things started to change for me and where I realized, oh, okay, these elements of myself that I've healed and I've developed can actually now come into the system and be lived into the system. And that's when things get really interesting and lots of shifts and changes can happen. Um, but before you get to that point, um, you might just feel really frustrated because you just keep replaying these things and and it's like a trap it's it's and it's awful and that's not to say that I don't experience moments when um you know I'm in a challenging situation and I don't fall into those old patterns because I do all the time um and and we all know that family has a way of like bringing out the absolute worst of us and and it's a heartbreaking realization mm -hmm. to have over and over again that you can't show up for the people that you love most in the way that you would want to but I think mm -hmm. we need to have a tremendous amount of grace with ourselves in that aspect and 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 my key motto for for all of the things when I'm navigating this is just grace like love and grace I keep coming back to love and grace that I love my family I love myself. I have grace for my family and I have grace for myself. Mm. Um, otherwise yeah. you just go insane. So true. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love how you just explained that because it's so, it's so true. Like you literally put like the image to what it really, how it really feels like. And I love that because like 
when you can be when you can be aware of that like actually unplug yourself from that oh my god and i think what's what's really difficult is then once you're unplugged to really staying in your lane and like with the boundaries like because of course you know the let's say now in that case the mother for example like she's going to go back into her patterns and she's not going to like that because you are not playing that part anymore it's like the weight like something is missing right mm-hmm. and so like to really stay with yourself and like no I'm not gonna play that anymore mm-hmm. or at least in this moment like I'm trying to stay out of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uncomfortable for a long time mm-hmm. and at the same time it's a huge invitation for all other family members totally. to step into their to step into whatever it is they want to step into mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really, really potent and I mean, it can, it can go so many different directions, but I think ultimately it really comes to figuring out, okay, where are my boundaries? Where are my boundaries and what are the things I need to feel safe? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might be that you say to yourself, okay, I'd feel safer talking to my mother on the phone great then have a phone conversation with her or I'd feel safer talking to my mother um if we weren't in my home but we were at her place or we mm. were in a neutral place or you know whatever it may may be like I they are I think really all of the tools in the world can then help us like mm. I love working with flower essences um they're beautiful energetic uh, medicine that you can use I mean you can really there's so so many different things you can work um, with sound therapy you can just focus on your breathing when you're in your family's presence you can do so many different things but ultimately I think you need to um, do whatever feels possible right right so that might not be going to Christmas because it might be a three-day event and you might think, well, it would be amazing and my family would love to have me there and it would be really terrible if I don't go. But is it worse if you don't go or is it worse if you go and you just relive a pattern that you yourself hate and you're sure that your family hates even if they can't express it or can't um, verbalize it Um or 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 aren't aware of it um because it's in the field it affects everyone like really weighing up is it really worth it and then understanding okay if it's not what's something else I could do like if I can't go for the three-day Christmas what if I go for an afternoon when we're opening presents or if I bring I don't know some food that they love or whatever it is and 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 try and figure out what it is that you can give what you can participate in and at the same time honor yourself and honor your family right yeah and know and this is a huge huge piece and actually I did an Instagram post about this recently I I hardly ever post on there but this is one of the things that I'm really firmly convinced of and the statement I made is anything that you do to your own detriment cannot serve anyone else Mm. and that's the principle right so if you're doing something and you know this is gonna hurt me 
it's not going to serve. It's not going to help. Of course, it's the easier way. And of course, going a different route would cause pain. And the right. route I chose caused so much pain. Leaving my family caused so much pain. Right. But it was the only way that I could get to the point where I am now. Right. Yeah. And and having a really deep understanding of that, I think, is crucial because as women, we are very much socialized into this martyr role, this role of you just have to sacrifice. And um, mm-hmm. if you sacrifice enough and if you give enough to other people, um, you'll save the world and everything will be great. Um, but ultimately, you're the one who suffers. Right. And yeah. and part of the mother-daughter relationship that I think is particularly difficult is that as women, we are very empathetic. And I often got overwhelmed by the amount of empathy I had for my mother. Mm. Um, and And being acutely aware of her pain was really hard to handle, right? Because yeah. you think... Well, if if she's hurting, I want to do whatever I can to make it better. Yeah. And and removing yourself from that system Mm -hmm. and taking radical responsibility for yourself. And with that, giving radical responsibility to your mother that she can take care of herself is is also a big step that, that allows you to really meet at eye level. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about this exactly like a a few weeks ago or so. And it's exactly that because I know that is one of my own issues I have as well with my own mother. It's that thing of like not wanting to see her suffer. And like exactly then coming into that savior and wanting to save her. And that's just not how it it works. (laughs) (laughs) and it's but it's so painful it's so painful like you say and like because we are so connected and like it's Mm -hmm. so difficult to figure out okay what is mine now and like where am I just like over giving and in the end like just hurting myself and yeah that is like a crucial 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 point and I actually wanted to kind of like go back a little bit to what you mentioned before because I think it's also a really important point um, when you were saying about, you know, that a lot of times, you know, when you move away, you know, you go away and all of that. And, and I mean, I'm just there also speaking from my own experience, right? Because I did that too. And, and it was needed in, at the time, right? I needed also that, you know, like, I just need to go on my own journey, figure things out. The thing is just because like, we don't, like, like, we forget sometimes that being physically apart doesn't heal anything I mean you know as um, unless or until we actually go to the energetics like Mm -hmm. to the actual root like we're actually just keep on perpetuating the same patterns with other people and we're thinking that this is normal but it's actually still that old wound that we're carrying with from our from our mother and um and like really going there to like cut also these energetics like bringing like reclaiming my own parts giving back the parts that belong to my mother and um like really having that that clearance energetically because that's where it 
ultimately where the healing can can happen when we reclaim also our own parts and like reparent ourselves 100 percent. yeah 100 so i i haven't actually spoken to this but it's so good that you mention it and and the key word here is reparenting exactly. okay so um and this is a huge premise. I don't know why I mentioned it. A huge premise of, of showing up. And this isn't only regarding, you know, the relationship with your family or your mother, but just showing up as a true or a truer and, and always becoming truer version of yourself involves giving yourself everything that you lacked. Mm. Because as you said, otherwise you're just replaying the pattern of what it was that you needed in hopes of getting what it is that you you needed back then that you might get it today. Um, and ultimately it's not going to lead you anywhere because what you need to do is you need to give yourself all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again and again and again and again, as many times as you need. Um, and, and personally, I struggled with that for a really long time. So... Um, I mean, I've, I've been to, to different kinds of therapy and, and some forms worked and some didn't. Um, luckily I did end up working with a really, really beautiful woman who, um, who I think really helped me understand like the basics of what it means, um, or just to understand the basics of, of healthy order and natural order. And I think that's Mm. also a really crucial part in what you said earlier is like understanding what part belongs to you what part doesn't belong to you understanding what is the right order like mm-hmm. what is the natural order of this relationship mm-hmm. and and what just isn't healthy so for example if your parent is seeking um emotional support from you or or excessive validation from you understanding that's not in the natural order for you as a child to be mm-hmm. providing that Right. So so first of all, I think we need to learn the basics of what the natural order is, because because in our world is so dysfunctional that that's just not there anymore. Mm. And then when we understand that and this is judgment free, this doesn't mean that, you know, your mother withheld something from you or maliciously did something to you. None of this is with judgment. It's just the truth and understanding the facts. And once you understand all of that really being able to see okay what can I give myself mm-hmm. and I think one piece that is isn't spoken to a lot when it comes to this is the willingness mm-hmm. okay so you might be thinking to yourself oh cool I can just give myself all the love I didn't get as a child um but you might still be really struggling with feeling worthy of that Mm. you might be struggling with patterns of um self-harm and you might not be able to receive that yet um or or want to give it to yourself and I I definitely went through a phase where um where I I couldn't meet my younger selves and my inner child with love I was still so, I was myself still in so much pain and the pain was still so acute that I couldn't really see anything other than that. And I think the one thing I really want to say, because 
often in the spiritual community and in the enlightenment and self-development and blah, blah, blah community, we can get like to a really, really unhealthy space of gaslighting and, and forcing things that aren't true. Mm. Um, so we've got to be really honest with ourselves about where we're at. And if you're not at a point where you can say, okay, I can love all of those parts of myself, then that's okay. Then that's where your work starts. Right. And that's the thing you need to work on. Because if if I would have told myself five years ago, oh, you need to forgive your mother and you need to like love your mother so much and love yourself so much and um and whatever, like I could have told myself those things, but I wasn't there yet. Mm. I just wasn't there yet. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. And we might have to feel a whole bunch of really uncomfortable feelings and mm. go through grief and hunger and shame and just so many different emotional layers before we're really ready to move forward. So so I think I've I've digressed, but I think um yeah, in that there's there's a lot of things. And once you get to the point where you realize, okay, now I can I can A, I'm resourced enough, I can give myself these things, B, I'm willing to receive these things. Um, then you can suddenly go back to your family system and you can meet them from a place of abundance Mm. and you can meet them from a place where truly the 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 love that you inherently have is allowed to shine through it's not that you then love them more because you've always loved them but that love is able to shine through because it's no longer clouded by your lack mm-hmm. it's no longer clouded by your hurt by your pain and it's no longer um being sidetracked by what you're still trying to get out of your family um beautiful yeah so yeah, I mean, this is a whole other thing yeah. we could get into, but there's so many layers. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what I just want everyone to take away from this is that this is, in my experience, the hardest work, the hardest work out there. Yeah. Because it sits so deep and it touches mm-hmm. everything and it it often takes you to a, a, an existential place. I often got to a place where I felt like I'm going to die. Like I had panic attacks and, 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 and these feelings of like, I'm literally, I don't know if I can continue to exist if I go through this. Yes. And anyone who is willing to confront this topic, willing to work on this topic, willing to shine love on this and, and heal this, um, can be so proud of themselves and deserves so much love and grace because this is big work. Totally. And this is good that you just touched on this because I wanted to also like share this because I remember we talked exactly about that in that conversation a few weeks ago. And I really wanted to say that because what would really landed when you said that is it's like, and it's something, you know, you know, but like there it really landed and it's, that thing of like you truly think you're going to die because 
And what you said so beautifully, because, you know, like when you were a baby, you would have died. And it's like, of course, that's still the feeling. It's like, if 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 she's not there, like if I don't get that from her, mm -hmm. I'm literally going to die. And it's, oh, it's so profound, profound, because that really touches me deeply in that. Woo did so much to me when you when you shared that because and yeah that's why I really wanted to say that because it's so important to realize that and to see also that yeah it might feel like but can you go there because you're not gonna die no nope, you're not gonna die you're definitely not gonna die but it it really does feel like it and I just got goosebumps mm -hmm. when you said that again um yeah I mean it's 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 the primal wound it's the it deepest is. work and it, it is all of these things and I promise you you're not going to die um and and I also want to say here that um that when we're going to these places where emotions get really big and really overwhelming um I think it's important to a be really resourced yeah so don't yeah. force i mean first of all don't force yourself into any emotions because that totally. that doesn't work mm -hmm. but if you're gonna if you're gonna go there you know get help yeah get professional help get friends to help you you know if you're going through a big process let people in your life know that this is going on mm -hmm. i mean i know that's really hard to do but yeah but get other people involved because and this is a key, key part when you're working with the nervous system. Um, sometimes you physically need other humans. Yeah. And I've also experienced this in my body where I have gone through things that I felt like. I physically cannot do this alone. I physically need like five or six other people to hold this with me. And it means that they're bearing witness, that they're aware of what's going on, that they themselves are resourced and they can support you if you need support. And, yeah. and just that there might be another body physically next to you. Mm -hmm. And that body could help you regulate. Or maybe it's an animal. I mean, this is where, you know, working with animals is, is huge, huge yeah. work. And and my um, beautiful animal, Murphy, who's just lying right behind <laughs> uh, this camera setup, has been a tremendous support um, mm -hmm. in this. And, and the other thing I want to speak to when it comes to being resourced um, is remembering that the Divine Mother is always there. And that there are so many resources out there mm -hmm. that are here to support you. And when you get overwhelmed, remember that you're sitting on the earth mm -hmm. and Mother Earth is holding you. And when you need to go into big emotions, that the ocean is here to guide you. And when you need to go through the fire and die and be reborn you have access to that you have access to all of these resources mm -hmm. and um and part of the work that i that i'm bringing into this world and and the work that i've done with myself um 
I've called goddess ceremonies and and those are sacred times where I remember that I am deeply held and supported in all that I do mm-hmm. and if something is too much I can give it to someone else yeah. I can yeah. give it to a goddess I can give it to the divine mother mm-hmm. I can ask the earth to help me hold this pain because mm-hmm. we don't have to do it ourselves and actually we can't do it ourselves mm-hmm. and it would be ridiculous to want to do it ourselves so mm-hmm. um when we get to those places where we get really overwhelmed remember that there are infinite resources mm-hmm. always available to you um yeah and that's a that's a game changer Oof. wow yeah mm-hmm. mm. Oh wow! Thank you for for all of that. <laughs> that that's the fire. Fire. <laughs> Speaking about fire. <laughs> fire has has it's given cool. its nod of approval. Exactly. Wow! And we're actually already like speaking for an hour already. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I just wanted to ask one if if there's anything else that you think that you would like to touch on that you think that it's that you would want to share um please go ahead and then otherwise also like you know just any last words of wisdom that you like to any more wisdom it's <laughs> already so much wisdom <laughs> oh, oh that's a that's a good question i think i've spoken to a lot of different things that i wanted to speak to um like by all means i could talk yeah, about this for hours and there's so much to unpack mm-hmm. um and I think I've 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 said really most of the things that I wanted to say um and ultimately yeah I I think actually one thing I want to share just to round it out um is that I I recently had a really profound experience where I sat in ceremony with myself and two younger versions of myself showed up and suddenly I could just see these two girls and I immediately knew what age they were mm. and and I was able to look at them um you know inside myself or like look at them like I could see them and look at them and I was filled with so much love for them but more overwhelmingly I could feel how much they loved and admired myself Mm. as the woman I am today and that really shook me and it gave me the opportunity to reflect on how far I've come and how how truly I have always, and even if it wasn't inherently clear in my actions, um, had this orientation to To want to protect myself and and to do what is best for myself as I mentioned earlier I had this really strong part in myself and I think we all have that part of ourselves 
that it's like I used to describe it as like this golden cell mm. and it and in those times when I felt like every cell in my body was poisoned and black and dead I still knew that there deep inside of me was one golden cell that could never ever ever be poisoned mm. and and we all have a golden cell and it's just a matter of remembering that we innately hold that power and even in the darkest moments when you think you're gonna die and everything is so painful we as women inherently know and can use the cycle of life and death we can let ourselves die knowing that we will continue to be reborn because we are women and we cycle we cycle monthly or however long your cycle is and we can follow and rely on the wisdom of nature that we can literally go through the fire and be reborn mm. and and our essence can never be destroyed and and you hold that you 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 always hold that and and that is remembering truth and that is the name that I coined um, for the work I want to do in the world, um, Satya Smara, which means remember truth. And that is one of the truths that mm. I remind myself of when I need to, which is often. Oh, mm. let's let that sink in just for a moment. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow, your words are just pure medicine. <laughs> I just feel that like literally in my whole cells are just like being nourished by by that that frequency, that transmission. I'm like, yeah, thank you so so much for for your wisdom, for your words and Ooh, for being here right next to me <laughs> what an honor <laughs> we're in person we're co-regulating exactly wow mm. this is so beautiful mm. wow oh my god this was this was powerful thank you so much and um yeah i mean i'm gonna put also in the description all your information where where everyone can find you you want to get in touch with shakti Thank you. Ah, wow. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. And I really loved being able to share. And thank you for providing this platform mm. and holding the space for me to express myself mm. as I just did. Mm. What, a, what a gift it is to receive. Mm. Ah, and it's so beautiful. We're going to have a beautiful women's circle in one hour here. <laughs> For even more magic. Exactly. So beautiful. Ah, so thank you again. Thank you so, so much. And thank you also for everyone.
to everyone for listening and for receiving that medicine. And um, yeah, see you all in another episode. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.